0: Welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm your host, Aaron Lowe. And if this is your first episode and you're wondering what this whole thing is all about, well, I'll tell you. Every week, I find my head surgically attached to the body of a different friend and cinephile. Together, we are given a note containing a theme, sometimes specific and sometimes vague. Our job is then to pick a pair of movies that fit that theme and then watch and discuss. This is the Incredible Two Headed Podcast. Hey everybody! Welcome back to the Incredible Two Headed Podcast. Uh, it's been a little while. Um, this is, this is going to be my first record in a while. Uh, it, it, well, in about a month, so I'm going to be a bit rusty. But here joining me today is Jay Carlos Menjivar from Die Left for Film Podcast, which uh, you know that's going to help smooth things over. I always feel like a, I don't feel as bad not doing as much preparation when you're on the show, Carlos, because I, I know we can always just kind of bullshit for a while. Um, Always have some good conversations about movies so so i'm I'm glad to have you here for my first record in a little while because i'm I'm kind of like I said I'm feeling a little rusty
1: uh yeah thanks for having me also uh first record in a while too the last time I recorded was with you <laughs> yeah we both we both got
0: very busy for yeah. October it seems like yeah. I, I know we both had pretty big plans for what to do with the show our, our respective shows i had I had very I had a bunch of ideas of stuff I wanted to do for October and I didn't put out a single episode. (laughs) I just, (laughs) um, I guess uh, peel back the curtain a little bit before we get into it. I, I just walked away from the show. I almost stopped doing the show. I almost almost like screw it. I'm not doing it anymore because I was having such a hard time scheduling episodes, scheduling records, uh finding time to prepare, even finding time to watch the movies. Like I, I couldn't watch any of the movies. And so I, I kept having to reschedule. And it was like I, I was just frustrated all the time. And it was getting into October and I'm like, this is my favorite time of year and I'm going to be miserable if this is what I have to do for the rest of the month. So I just kind of like uh walked away and was like, I'm taking a break <laughs> at least for the rest of the month. I'm like, I'm just not going to worry about it. Um and as of right now the first episode since i did that just came out this morning i just edited it and put it up last night um and it's actually your episode we recorded one in back in september yeah i I never i just never edited once i decided i was going to take a break i was just like i didn't do anything for the show i didn't edit i didn't uh go on social media as the show i did i made an announcement and then i just kind of like shut everything down
1: yeah same I, mine was a very unplanned. I didn't expect this to happen, but it was—it was sort of coming because I had been—I had been releasing uh, episodes really far apart recently. Sometimes it'd be two weeks, every two weeks I would release an episode, or every week and a half. So <laughs> uh, I've decided on my show, at least, to go down to just doing one movie per episode. Uh, I think that's easier, manageable, um, and. That's less editing, I feel, and uh, less recording time, which um, I think in in, in focusing on one movie is so much better, I think, uh, because you can just really just focus on that one thing instead of trying to, you know, uh, save your thoughts for the next two movies that are coming up right after that. Um, And I also realizing now, like I can't believe like at a certain, when I started the the, the show, I was doing five movies perhaps, that's a lot.
0: It is. It is, <laughs> it is. It is. And, and uh, it was no fine one. with me because when you started, it was, it was when I was on your show, it was during quarantine. I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> like I, yeah. I was, and so I was like, oh, that's fine. I can do this, but working, I can't imagine it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I thought about doing that, like going back to going down to just one movie, but I like the double feature thing here. Mm-hmm. And I like each of us bringing a movie. Um, and and i i am doing what you also suggested i'm um i'm doing one episode every two weeks so uh this this won't be out for a little bit but um yeah i i was unexpectedly off work the last week and i'm i'm trying to get some work done maybe i'll I'll, i've been talking to some other people i might bank a couple more episodes we'll see but i i think one episode every two weeks i can i can manage it's just like it doesn't seem like a lot of work because we're just talking but like the editing and the movies and uh i do i do do a little bit of research all of that like it it just takes a like a day pretty much like one day and that's usually a weekend and it's not like i don't have as much time uh with my family now that i'm working full-time or most of the time i'm working full-time and so just like taking an entire day away from that every week is it it's not fun. Like it wasn't enjoyable for me at the time. So yeah, I, I really do like doing the show. Um, I know we're doing a lot of like, <laughs> behind the curtain throat clearing here at the beginning of this episode, but I, <laughs> I do like doing the show. I like being on your show. I, I just have to like find a balance. I, I mean, I keep saying that, but I think, I think I just got to cut back a little bit or it's, I'm going to start not enjoying it.
1: Yeah, I I I think we both did a good choice of not, I guess forcing it until it becomes really unpleasant. Because I I had opportunities to to do an episode, but I was gonna really, I was gonna have to grind it out. You know, it was gonna come out, but it was just gonna come down to the wire. And I've been working long hours at work, and I'm also limited to when I can record now. I, I. We've got a really bad
0: schedule. Yeah.
1: Record with people. Oh my God. Like I really can only do um, the weekends because I get off work uh, late, not too late, but people are going back to the art, you know, back to their regular schedules at work. So it's not like, you know, I can stay up late to to do a zoom call um, anymore. So it's, it's just trying to find time. It's like the weekend, people are going out again. So it's like, i don't know if uh how, like i think my my guest list is dwind- dwindling down to like this core group of people that are probably going to be on the show for uh and you know until until i i finished the 1001 movies
0: yeah i i i feel the same way i'm i'm fine with it I, i'm fine with like kind of rotating between you rick um I got a couple of other guys. Well, it's basically right now it's you and Rick are the ones that keep coming on. But Zeke, uh, Jared is, is, hasn't been on in a while. Jared's not been on in months. Yeah. It, but but we keep, we have a, like a massive episode yeah. that we're working on. We just have to find the oh, time wow. to, yeah. to get it all.
1: So I'm and Johnny. I mean, too has been on your show a few times.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm fine with kind of like that for a while, but I do keep reaching out. Um Yeah, I, I do keep like getting new people to join that, that core group. So, okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's enough for, for like throat clearing. We're both kind of coming back at this where we're getting into November feeling a little bit more reinvigorated in our, our desire to do the shows. I'm actually looking forward to like <laughs> keeping it to a steady schedule now, which I, I really, even before I took the hiatus, I kind of was like, I was doing the same thing as you where it would just be like two weeks, three weeks sometimes. And I would not put an episode out. But so now, like, yeah, I think I can I think I can manage this, this is a, like a weekly podcast when you're not working is nothing. Right. But once you're working, <laughs> it, it, it maybe doing an hour and a half to two and a half hours of podcasting every week is not not advised.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it really is. And, and I'm, I've been going to the movies a lot more often now. Um, oh, Yeah. Not to watch newer stuff, but just uh, you know, at the new Beverly and things like that. So it gets harder and harder to like stay home, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, do the work for the show. Um, when I'm out having uh, uh watching these fun movies on, on the big screen, yeah, I, I still haven't gone back to a movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Amber and I went to a concert a couple weeks ago, and it's our first concert since um uh, well, before the pandemic hit, yeah. um, we almost didn't go. But then, you know, of course, they're, they're requiring proof of vaccination and masks at all times indoors. So we, we felt a little bit more comfortable. I just, I just haven't gone to movies yet. But um, yeah. okay, eventually, I look forward to that day. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> that's fair.
0: I don't know. I you know, Even though listeners are going to hear the, um, the last episode is you, and I just talking, I don't, we haven't really had a conversation
1: in about a month. So I'm just like, yeah. what,
0: like, what have you been, how was your Halloween season?
1: Halloween season was fun. And I think, I mean, I would have been in the spirit, even if I had been recording the podcast, because I was dedicating the whole month to horror movies. Uh, But I felt like I I was free to really watch whatever I wanted, and just kind of explore things. um, That 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 I maybe never experienced, and that's this is what, what kind of led to this episode uh, on uh, that we're doing right now uh, because of some of the movies that I've been watching recently. Um, but it was it was it was a lot of fun, and, and I actually got a chance to go to the New Beverly uh, a few times this month more than usual. Uh, I went to the matinee screening of Creature from the uh, Black Lagoon in three D. Yeah, you um, son of a bitch. Well, <laughs> I went to the Saturday screening, and the 3D was really bothering my eyes, and it normally doesn't, and it was giving me a headache, and I just couldn't handle it. And then I found out the next day that the, the lenses on the 3D glasses were on the wrong side for that screening, so that's why the oh, 3D no. was really bad. <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't a fun screening uh for that reason
0: yeah i only found out about that on friday mm-hmm. but on saturday i had i had uh i had osha classes for my job and then sunday was um i, I had a lot of running around to do for every you know just everything yeah. so i i wouldn't have been able to go anyway but i, I the creature from the black lagoon is like is tops so that's like that is my favorite monster of all time yeah and, uh, I would good. have loved it's it's a shame that it it sounds like that wasn't the greatest screening because I, <laughs> I would have loved yeah. to have seen it in a theater and I've never seen it in a theater I've never seen it in 3d
1: oh wow yeah it, it was yeah it was cool like outside of the fact that the 3d wasn't right um it was cool like I, I I honestly can't remember if I had seen this movie before or not but I don't think that I had seen seen it before Oh, wow. But for some reason, I have like a vague recollection of maybe watching it when I was a kid. Or maybe it's just like I've seen clips um, that I feel like I've seen the movie and like it's always around. It's always one that I've known about. But uh, I'm going to say that this is probably my first time. But yeah, it was a really cool movie. I really I really liked it. Um, it really stems out from the other like universal monster movies and also like when it was released too cuz this is like way uh, way after that period started right i think yeah it this is in the 40s 40, like yeah. 45
0: i want to say i 40. might be wrong on that
1: yeah but uh i went to that then i went to the house sue uh, uh encounters <laughs> of the spooky kind too uh a double feature which was a lot of fun <laughs> um
0: holy cow i was so wrong <laughs> i inverted creature in the black lagoon that
1: was 54 <laughs> 54 oh okay yeah but anyway,
0: Haosu and Close Encounters of the Spooky Kind,
1: which yes, I haven't seen the second two. one.
0: Haosu is a trip, though.
1: Yeah, I love Haosu. That's one of my favorite movies. I love seeing it on the big screen. And I, I have to say, I've seen it a lot of times, and the story never really made sense. And <laughs> I think this <laughs> last time, everything finally clicked. Everything was like, okay, I get what's going on now.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, the the that movie gets better every time you watch it. Because there's so much going on in there. Yeah. You're always, you're always going to be a little surprised. <laughs> like there's yeah. there's no way to process it all in the first time you watch it. Which I when I watched it, I I bought it sight unseen. It just looked so crazy when Criterion announced it. I was mm-hmm. like, what's this movie? And I I pre-ordered it because the the trailer and everything I heard about it just sounded nuts. And when I watched it, I was really enjoying it, but at a certain point, it becomes a little bit too much, and you're kind of <laughs> tired, right? You're like, I can't keep up with what's going on. This is just like it's throwing so many things at you in every scene, yeah. uh, in terms of like plot development and acting and dialogue, uh, effects and filming styles. It's, I used to say it's like a like Adult Swim decided to make a a, a haunted house movie. So it's like it's like a, a weird anti-comedy comedy troupe is making yeah. a, a, a scary movie um but it like the once you get used to it or you can't really get used to it but once you like know what you're in for it's easier to kind of enjoy that movie
1: yeah it's, so, it's such a bizarre blend of like everything <laughs> it's so like hard like we're describing like it's like a haunted house movie but the way that that it's executed is, is like nothing you could ever imagine or picture, but there it is.
0: Yeah. Um, well, it's, it, I, I like that you said that you spent the month kind of trying to watch new things, like expand the, your, your horizons a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Um, Cause that's something I, I always try to do every year. I, I mean, that's how I approach my film watching on a daily basis anyway, is the, you know, I, I, try to regularly watch things that i'm completely unfamiliar with and um that ties into today's theme which i guess i should say the theme is or, or was mexican horror because as it turns out one of the movies the one i chose is not really a horror film but uh you, you said you you watched a lot of um a lot of mexican horror films over the month and uh that that's kind of A blind spot for me. There's there's some that I know, like of course, uh Del Toro. Uh there's a couple of others there. There, There's, you know, some of the some of the cheesy uh luchador movies in the 50s and robot versus the Aztec mummy and stuff like that. Um, but I I it seems like in general Mexican cinema doesn't get like a huge uh a huge amount of attention. Like every once in a while, you'll get you'll get a group of filmmakers or a filmmaker that kind of like makes a mark, and and uh, there's a few titles that they'll start pouring out. But there's just like so much that I realized when I was thinking about it. I'm like, I don't, I really don't know anything about this about this film market. Like, yeah. it, it's an entire country, and I don't know any. I mean, I know just like a handful of movies, um, which is kind of strange for for me to realize, but. Uh, what uh i guess like before we get into the actual movies how how was that like kind of exploring the i don't want to say genre what's the thing i'm trying the, exploring the the um kind of mexican horror like uh, you said you were watching a lot of those this month right
1: yeah yeah I, it was uh it was really uh it was really interesting because i mexico has a really big uh film industry um so to what uh, to what you were saying it, it is kind of strange that they're they don't get as much publicity for some of the movies that they release even though they are consistently re- uh, releasing uh, movies in Mexico uh, but not a lot are imported here unless they're uh, from uh, big director names like uh, you know any of the big three like uh, Coron, uh Iñárritu, and del Toro um, Outside of that, there aren't very many that 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 um, are really highlighted by 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 Hollywood or just in, in the film industry in general. The ex, like exploring these movies, it, it, it was so just seeing horror like it, it, the the type of stories that that are that are told in in other countries and and, and specifically in horror films. Just like some of the things that they were focusing. A lot of them had to do with religion, uh, which is a big thing—Catholicism—in um, uh, this country. So, just what what those movies are tied into, and like, uh, you know, uh, religion and, and, and the fear of evil and Satan and and things like that, and and incorporating ideas of uh, uh, or theories of death. Um, it was a really fascinating exploration, I think, uh, of that in all the in, in in all the movies that I have, that that I saw. Um but and I and, and I really and I think even though one of the movies uh that we're going to talk about is not a horror movie, I think it, it really it, it has some elements here and there that really um that, that kind of borrow from from horror. But overall I think it really adds to that kind of mystical aspect of some of these uh uh Mexican movies.
0: Yeah I I can I mean certainly there's a um A strong threat of catholicism in uh in both the movies we picked but you i mean you can see that as well in kind of um the the more well-known works of of or the the mexican films of Guillermo del toro uh it it does seem kind of like i don't know what i'm trying to say here (laughs) uh but yeah it it does seem like such a, a a Big part of the films I've seen, but I hate to make generalizations. I don't know. It, it's weird for me to talk about it because, my experience is so limited. I feel like there was more I was going to ask you, but I, I think maybe we'll 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 get into it. We'll have a discussion here. We'll get into the movies. I'm going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. We're going to discuss uh, the first of our two movies, which is 1960s Macario. Bienvenido a mi gruta, Macario.
1: Mira, Macario, esta es la humanidad. Aquí ves arder las vidas tranquilamente. A veces soplan los vientos de la guerra, los de la peste... y las vidas se apagan por millares al azar. Las santas, las pequeñas, las derechas, las torcidas. Ahora reina la calma. Mira las artes.
0: Hay que tener más consideraciones con los muertos. Porque pasamos mucho más tiempo muertos que vivos. Total, en esta vida todos nacemos para morirnos. Macario, 1960. Poor hungry peasant Macario longs for just one good meal on the day of the dead. After his wife cooks a turkey for him, he meets three apparitions, the devil, God, and death. Each asks him to share his turkey, but he refuses all except death. In return, death gives him a bottle of water which will heal any illness. Soon, Macario is more wealthy than the village doctor, which draws the attention of the feared inquisition. Uh, now, uh, full disclosure: I did just read that off of IMDb. <laughs> this <laughs> this episode was kind of quickly put together, and I didn't really do much preparation for it, for it in the way of notes. So, um, if if that sounds familiar, it, maybe it's because you've browsed the IMDb <laughs> page. Uh, anyway, I had never even heard of this movie. This was my pick, and when you mentioned that you wanted to. Uh, or actually you mentioned you were watching a lot of Mexican horror films. And I said, Oh, why don't we do that? And I realized I suddenly just didn't know that many. Um, I did some Googling. I found this movie on some lists. I didn't do any research. I wanted to go in blind, but it seemed like kind of a big movie. Uh, It was the first movie uh, from Mexico to be nominated for uh, best foreign film at the Academy Awards. Um, So it seemed like a big deal that I, I had never heard of it and I just chose it. It, it turns out it's not a horror movie at all. Although there are fantastical elements and, and maybe a little bit of morbidity to it, it it is not a horror film. But um, I really liked it still. It, it's kind of that adult, and I, I say adult, not a, as dirty, just as you know, not a kid's movie. It, it's kind of that adult fantasy that Hollywood used to do a lot, but hasn't done regularly for decades. Um, and i I really liked it i i I like the characters in this. I like the kind of the Brothers Grimm style of the story, which it makes sense because this is slightly based on a, a Brothers Grimm
1: fairy tale. Uh, but what was your experience? What did you think of the movie? I really liked it too uh, i I had heard of it, but I, I I didn't know like anything about it. I think the only thing I knew was that thing that you said about it being nominated at the Oscars um so it was mostly going in blind but i really like this movie um i like the 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 magical aspect of the and the the fairy tale aspect of the whole movie and it really it it gets you i don't know this the the story is so interesting it just like hooks you it's so unique
0: yeah um i guess i should have taken the fact that this was nominated at the Academy Awards, as a sign that this wasn't really a horror movie, because <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think the academy, the academy's never been very kind to horror. Yeah. Horror and comedy, kind of like the academy, often turns up their nose at yeah. that. Uh,
1: well, well um, yeah, you're right though, because this movie does appear on a lot of Mexican horror lists. It's so weird because I had, I had seen it a lot, yeah, and watching it's like it's not really horror at all. <laughs> Uh, no,
0: it does like, I mean, it features God, the devil and death and, um, and there, like I said, there's some morbidity to it, but it, it, it is more of a fantasy in line with, uh, uh, maybe not in the same in league with, but kind of similar with, with like, uh, Beauty and the Beast, right. Where it's yeah. kind of a, um, it's using some light camera tricks i mean beauty and the beast uses a lot more camera tricks but it's still like kind of a a realist world with some magic in it uh but yeah i i i really liked it i i thought the character the character of macario was such an interesting person because i i really couldn't tell for a while if he was a a good man because at the first time you you see him he's he's kind of giving up his food because his kids are starving and he looks a little sickened by it and and you're like oh this is a good guy he's a good dad and then you find out it's just because he's like i never get anything just for me i never get a like i want a (laughs) turkey meal i want all this stuff and until i can have it i'm just not going to eat anymore which maybe maybe in 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 certain eyes you could look at that and go like oh what a selfish thing but then you know it's Anybody that's a parent, I think, anybody that has kids or, or maybe just one kid would immediately recognize that too. It's like, God, nothing is just mine anymore. No, none of my time is mine. Yeah. None of my food is mine. None of my belongings are mine. Everything is like now uh, property of this little wild animal in my house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it's so, and like his speech to his his wife when he talks about how he's been hungry his whole life and he just once wants to know what it's like to not have to share food to be full to have a meal that is only his like i don't like so i mean living so close to the poverty line my entire life that's like only my entire adult life at least uh that that like really hit home his speech and like how he sold that um i i wasn't unfamiliar with any other performers in this movie it's uh ignacio lopez tarso mm-hmm. as macario and he's he's got a very expressive face even though he doesn't like really emote that much he's kind of mopey for the first half yeah, of the movie yeah uh but i maybe it is, not I- expressive but he's got a very interesting face
1: it's interesting to note too that his character is a uh, he's a poor indigenous woodcutter, and not like a lot of like the Mexican movies that I've seen don't really focus on indigenous culture. It's mostly uh, it focuses on uh, the more uh, European-looking uh, Mexican uh, wow. side of society. Uh, so the fact that a movie from the '60s focuses on 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 uh, on that character on an indigenous family is, I think very bold for the times you don't really see that i mean and i can't think of very many outside of like this and roma um but yeah it's just when you see it, it's like whoa it's like it's it's, it's actually giving it, it it is sort of shine away from like if you think of uh, uh luis puñuel's uh los olvidados which is like more on the streets of you know in the city this is kind of steps away uh from that
0: Oh uh, yeah, see, um, again, I I mean, I just that wouldn't quite have occurred to me because I'm not, I I don't (laughs) work enough. But that that is interesting to think about. Um, It's always like just a tangent here, uh, as kind of like you know, well, a white American. it, It your your immediate thoughts of other countries and other cultures. It does not like it does not always pop in your mind that those sorts of uh, like daily prejudices we see here would be mirrored in other parts of the world or not mirrored, but like kind of like they would have uh, their own counterparts in other parts of the world. Although obviously like, you know about it, it's just like seeing it, 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 your mind doesn't immediately go there for for me anyway. So that, that, yeah, okay. I talked myself into a corner there, I'm not sure. <laughs> that's <right>. But, uh, <laughs> so the plot, it all starts on Day of the Dead. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe not on Day of the Dead, but the, the, that's kind of like when the first, uh, the story starts to pick up and yep. the entire family goes into town. The wife is washing clothes, I think, all right? That's what she's doing. She's washing mm-hmm. or mending clothes for wealthier uh, women. And he is obviously, he's delivering wood.
1: Well, there is that uh, very early on. There is that 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 crazy uh, marionette scene mm. that is actually pretty scary. Yeah, thought, he has
0: that dream.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of misleading because I thought that would you know that would kind of be the tone for the movie, kind of an adult version of Coco.
0: Yeah, well, the marionettes like they're they're. Uh, you know the marionette skeletons and they're they look pretty cool it it, it is a really creepy and it's just yeah it's all, it's all
1: uh i mean it's all the food based like oh gosh what was I'm oh the yeah the the turkeys right the procession
0: yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um i couldn't tell and maybe it's just like it's the copy of the film I saw because it's on YouTube, mm-hmm. um, and it's okay, but it's a bit fuzzy. It, it was it just that his kids were stealing the turkeys, or it looked kind of like there was some cannibalism in there as well.
1: Wait, cannibalism? I'm I'm <laughs> I'm completely wrong. I'm gonna. I don't know. I don't I don't remember that. I, it just looked like some of somebody yeah. else, like he was being eaten, or he was watching somebody be eaten. I'm. Oh, my gosh.
0: I I think I'm wrong about that.
1: <laughs> Maybe it's a different movie.
0: No, I watched the Maybe wrong it's one. The
1: ne- Maybe it's the next movie we're t- going to talk about. Oh, yeah, that seems line <laughs> really with, uh, yeah. with that. Um, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I like the, the, you know, when you were saying that, uh, you were talking about, is, is Macario selfish for... Um, you know wanting to have a, a meal and just feel full for once in his life but also i think his wife shares the same sentiment when she gets him the turkey um she says i also wish for the day where i can have a my own turkey that i don't have to share with anyone even you i wouldn't i wouldn't share it with you
0: yeah no <laughs> which makes her like a saint in this it, she's yeah. like she well she steals the the turkey Mm -hmm. um and from a uh is it it from the same um is it from the same woman that like was upset at her for not uh, not getting what was it she she was not being paid or she wasn't the wife was uh being chastised for not cleaning well enough i think yeah yeah i think she just stole the turkey (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah Um, and then, and she makes it for him, and she doesn't eat any of it for herself, and uh, just kind of like is is doing everything in service of Macario, mm. who, who I mean, is kind of like seems pretty much at the end of his rope here. Like he just, uh, he seems like he's kind of about to lose it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he, yeah, he's on edge like the entire, like uh, the, the entire movie. He's really, I mean, that dream alone is, is sort of an indication of where he's at mentally. And I don't blame him. I mean, you know, poor uh, and not able to sustain yourself or a family. And the only thing you can think of is food. And he's like, damn, you kind of need this thing to survive. yeah well i can't i mean i can i can sympathize
0: with that i can imagine the the absolute like how terrible you would feel like watching your kids scrambling for some beans and a and a tortilla and like that's it and then when you're like i'm not eating this and they they're like like running to you know get the last little scraps off your plate like that's that's got to be a terrible feeling yeah uh like i've been very fortunate that no matter what our our financial situation i've always been able to keep you know a roof and food <laughs> a yeah roof over the heads and food on the table like our my kids have never gone hungry but like it, i mean you got to sympathize with it that's that's like that's a kind of a universal fear and everybody could know how terrible that would feel
1: yeah
0: um so i guess he okay so he gets the turkey and he runs off into the mountains Right, right, and he's just gonna find a nice, quiet place to eat it. But he keeps getting bothered. <laughs> yeah. First up is the devil shows up. Uh Yeah. Very like, I will say it's the devil, and then it's God, and then Death shows up. And I didn't know any of the descriptions. So when I, when Death showed up, I was like, okay, who is this supposed to be? I mean, even though you think, about, <laughs> oh, he's got that that face, the gaunt face, and yeah. I, I just, I don't know if if uh okay hey i i have to interrupt because i'm looking at the dream sequence now and it, uh-huh. it doesn't quite it's not cannibalism they're just eating the turkey i guess oh but <laughs> it's just like all the skeletons are just jamming their faces and he's looking terrified and i think yeah. that's what i thought was going on was that <laughs> uh, so okay yeah so i misread this section of the movie
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's a whole parable on cannibalism <laughs> Macaria, <laughs> not to be confused with Sicaria.
0: So uh so when Death showed up I was like okay what's what's this guy's deal I thought maybe it was just like a a like a beggar or or somebody else who like who's clearly gaunt and hasn't eaten well just like another somebody else like really poor and he's he's going to just split it with him cuz he feels some uh sympathy or or yeah you know a a kinship with the person until he says the line i haven't eaten in a thousand years and i was like well wait a minute (laughs) Um, (laughs) and then it's death and it's like oh it's so obviously death yeah of course it couldn't be any more uh clear than if it was you know the grim reaper with the chessboard i guess like yeah (laughs) i don't know what i i mean plus you got god the devil who else is going to show up there's only a few other options Um, but I guess this this brings in like the whole brothers grim fairy tale which i i have not uh i i know I'm sure I've read it Godfather death, but i'm not yeah i I, I don't remember. think I've heard even heard of that one um yeah, i mean it's kind of like uh not exactly based on it's actually based <laughs> on a novel um it, it's based on a novel by b Traven, who Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about. And so I kind of feel like maybe we should have just like put a call in to uh a, a call in to Rick because he I told him we were doing this movie and he looked it up and he's like, oh, it looks like it's based on a book by B. traven And he's like, you should read this book about B. traven And uh he's this oh. novelist who <laughs> might actually be a bunch of different people. Um he wrote wow. uh he wrote The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. And um Oh wow. There's like a big mystery about his life and who he was, really. Uh-huh. Um, but I I didn't do any research on that yet because he was just telling me this yesterday.
1: I might look into that. <laughs> but <laughs> it's fascinating. It is mostly
0: based on the book by him called. Um, uh, I just had it, but I'm, I'm looking you. right? Uh, no the book the book is called the third guest oh right yeah 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 uh, or the story but, but mm. that that so it, it's kind of a little game of telephone cuz the game the story the third guest is based on the story of the brothers grim or the godfather death mm-hmm. so uh it, it 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 has its seeds in brothers Grimm, but it's a uh, you know based on this of the story here and death is I think I think Macario has a really funny answer for why he gave death the food um, and it makes death laugh where basically death is like why you didn't give it to God you didn't give it to the devil why did you give it to me and Macario was like well you're here to take me away I figured if I share my food I'll at least get to eat some of it and <laughs> makes yeah. death laugh and death gives him uh, the water of life yeah. which will cure any illness. Yeah. That poses problems. It does. Although the problems were not of the type that I expected. And I actually liked it because I was expecting like, oh, um, he's going to misuse this water of life. He's going to, uh, I kept waiting for the moment. So death tells him like, if you see me, we will, you'll see me a lot, but we, we, we will not talk. If you see me at the foot of the bed, You can heal the person if you see me at the head of the bed you can't do anything i must take them
1: yeah they belong Uh,
0: i kept waiting for macario to break that promise to give it to somebody who like because like the first person that needs to be healed is macario's son and i i was like oh he's gonna yeah death (laughs) is gonna be like you can't save this one he's like but i have to it's my son and i expected that that was where the story was going to go but in fact macario continues to be a decent man (laughs) like Mm -hmm. against all odds against everything we know about the accumulation of wealth he seems to become an even better man (laughs) the like the better his life goes yeah um and what happens is is just like the people around him can't stand that or one person in particular yeah the doctor
1: yeah, who's the guy who's the first like uh person that offers him a lot of money to save? I think it's his wife where he offers him like I think he offers him 10 10 uh what is it like 10 pounds of silver or something Oh
0: oh uh, Don, Don Ramiro he offers yeah. him Yeah he offers him 10 ounces of gold
1: Yeah 10 and, ounces of gold yeah and, and then, Macario says
0: give me a 100 it's to save your wife
1: <laughs> Yeah <laughs>
0: and but then, once he saves the guy's wife, he's like, "No, just give me the ten. Like, yeah. I'd rather have your gratitude than you be angry at me." <laughs> yeah, which like that that yeah <laughs> he kind of he he does straddle the line sometimes where he seems a little bit conniving and he seems yeah. a little bit uh, greedy. But then you find he out later like that yeah, but you find out yeah. later that people are angry. He's like, "Oh, he only heals rich people," and the townspeople are like, "No." He healed my grandmother. He healed me. He 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 only takes in payment what you want to pay, and uh, and you see at one point somebody leaves like gives him a turkey, and um, Mm. I think it like they're really poor, and so when they're not looking, he just puts it back and leaves. So he's he he is gaining wealth and esteem, like yeah, more than he needs, uh, more than his family is comfortable. His wife is very uncomfortable with yeah some of the developments, but he he never actually becomes corrupted and maybe that's not the most realistic but it's such a it's the 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 alternative is a storyline we see in so many movies i was actually relieved to not have to sit through it in this one
1: yeah it's kind of like a it's like a really nice movie (laughs) like it has these kind of dark elements but like it has this really nice uh like very well sort of It, it it ends kind of morbidly but um, it does have uh, like a sense of like, oh, this really is a, a nice guy and he's not perfect. He he's still like making mistakes along the way and and he's still human. He he has his flaws. Um, but I think that generally um he is a he is a good guy. And I think that we like we we, we well, we want him to su- succeed because we see his living situation in the beginning of the movie, and it's not great, and he's starving, his kids are starving. So you kind of sympathize with them and you're you know you're cheering him on and you're hoping that this thing works out like he's not necessarily exploiting people by charging them it's like other people that are you know kind of like the the guy uh like the i think it's uh, Don ramiro ends up using him by charging other people like oh i know someone who uh, may need your services and it's just kind of like sort of exploiting him to to make a buck
0: yeah, but it it's working out for Macario too mm-hmm. because yeah. Macario seems to be having his cake and eating it too because he's able to do good for his village, but he's also able to just kind of like build these rich people for money. And he's yeah. not bilking them; he is actually healing yeah. them. It's mm-hmm. just like yeah. he's 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 doing good in his his village, but he's getting the money by over by just like taking yes. as much as he can from these rich people. So yeah, I guess he's he's kind of like a. A Robin Hood, <laughs> life and death.
1: Yeah, 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 a little bit, yeah. G- going back to what you were saying about uh, that kind of uh, dilemma that we think is going to happen early on where he has to deny death or attempt to deny death's uh, request for uh, the person dying, I th- I thought, I-, I kept thinking that it would come up like with a, maybe a significant character. And I thought maybe it would be like his wife or something like that later on. Um, but anytime there was a scene where he, you know, he he has to show up with that jug, I always felt like it was like, okay, here's the moment, like, who is this like character, is it going to be someone that he doesn't want uh, to die and and but death needs them <laughs> needs their soul. Um, And it was, uh, I think, but the way that it plays out, I don't want to get to it yet, but the way it plays out at the end, I think is kind of similar in what we were talking about, but I think it works so much better uh, and how it drives the story. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Because for a while, it works out for Macario. It's it's like, oh, this is going really well for him. Like, where could this go wrong? Like you see hints of it, but it's like, it's, you know, it could be worse.
0: Yeah, so what ends up happening is the the doctor uh, who is losing out on all these business because all of a sudden people are getting better, yeah. um, he calls the Inquisition in. And they immediately are like, well, he's either, um, he's either a con man, in which case we'll have to punish him, or he is a sorcerer, in which case we'll have to kill have him.
1: To, yeah. <laughs> and, oh,
0: man. And even at the point where um like so he gets he gets arrested they decide they're gonna like test his powers by putting him in a room with a couple of people who they know like they're like okay well the executioner he's the model of health we'll put him in there uh the condemned man who's gonna die tomorrow we'll put him in there uh the guy who's really ill we'll put it and he'll let him decide which one's gonna die Or, like, and you know, if he picks the wrong one, well, no, he's just making it up. But at even at this point, when Macario could like maybe use the powers to like to help himself, he is like, Death is like, no, you this one, you can't save this one. And Macario's like, oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, until I mean, there is another one later on that, that, that yeah, kind of like is where Macario argues, He, he doesn't actually like break the promise he made but he does like
1: he avoids it it. yeah
0: um and that's uh is it the is it the viceroy's son yeah that he that is deathly ill and death is like you can't yeah
1: and well yeah basically doesn't macario have to yeah isn't the reason he's doing it to prove uh to prove to the viceroy that he 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 does possess this this ability yeah um and it it turns out you know it turns like if if he doesn't do it if he doesn't revive his his or or, uh, make his son healthy again um then it's his life and it's i i this is what i'm confused about that scene because in the scene basically dad tells him that he you know the son has got to go and he's turning the bed around to try to, you know, uh, get him on on the what on the right side of the bed, uh, but is it? He, doesn't it seem like he's doing it for himself to preserve himself? Like he's more afraid of dying than he is of saving the kid's life? Because it almost seems like the, it's this is the kid's time anyway to go. So yeah,
0: that because he <laughs> hasn't that that is it. It's only that the v- viceroy has told him that he'll go free if yeah. he saves his son. And so it seems like, yes, it, it is just, he wants to live because we have not seen him argue with death for anybody else. Like, but uh, we don't know who he's seen. He may not have seen any kids before that are on death's door, but um, yeah, we do know that he's never argued. If death says this one is mine, he says like, I'm sorry, I can't help you. So, um, yeah i I think i think it's fair to say he just he wants to live and like i you can't fault a guy for that
1: Um, yeah yeah no yeah like you yeah i i I really like his performance because you you really feel you feel his emotions in that scene where he (laughs) when he realizes that death you know death is not uh he can't save this one from death
0: Um, and instead of breaking his promise he decides to run which uh (laughs) Leads him back out into the woods. He sees, um, he sees the devil again, and he's like, "Ah, you, you like the devil? Like if you listen to me, this would all go away." And he, but he's just basically, "I don't need that trouble or something." I can't remember what he he says yeah. to him. He kind of again denies uh, God and the devil, um, and then finds himself in Death's Cavern, where it, it's this. I, I this is where I wish this movie had been preserved better or somebody would would like i mean this seems like a pretty clear cut case for a criterion collection to put out a nice remaster of this i know because, because death's cavern is this huge cavern full of candles like burning candles
1: i love that so much
0: <laughs> it looks really cool but yeah. it's also like uh, i just was thinking like man how how great would this look remastered cuz it's really kind of a blurry fuzzy print yeah, I'm um, I mean, completely watchable. It's actually not bad, but I, I was just looking at that scene in particular thinking like, man, this would look great remastered. Um, but yeah, it looks really awesome. And every every candle is a life and death shows him the boy's life and it's this little tiny nub and he, he just snuffs it out right in front of him, right? Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was like Pixar level, like. <gasps> yeah, and well, I didn't that's... even know that little boy. <laughs> There's a, um, oh, I, there, there was like a
0: really awesome bit of dialogue in the beginning of the movie I completely glossed over, which is um, when the guy is talking about how, when the moment you're born, you're carrying your death with you, whether oh, it's here in your yeah. heart or in your, liver. In your liver yeah. or there in the ground in a tree that will fall on you and you're older that hasn't grown yet yeah like and that like death has kind of a little bit of a callback to it in his yeah. discussion too about how like you can't avoid death and then he shows him macario's and macario's candle is the same like like as yeah short as the boys and macario takes it and tries to run with the candle and keep it lit um we're right at the end now so we're, we're just gonna get to it i guess yeah i kind of didn't like the ending ending of this movie i liked everything so far Mm -hmm. i even like this but um the sudden realization that everything was a possibly or probably a dream macario was having or or he had died and it's kind of like it's the you know psychogenic fugue the fantasy you have in the last couple seconds before you die um Yeah. Doesn't his wife find the turkey uneaten, though? Well, she finds it cut in half and half of it is eaten, which implies like, oh, he he did cut it in half for him and somebody to share. And the other person didn't eat it. The other person probably being. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. So I'm assuming that maybe he stalled death long enough to share, like, for him to have the meal and then take him. I'm assuming that's why he showed up in the first place.
0: Yeah. And I. I thought,
1: um, I don't know. I, I, I oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and maybe the fact that God and the devil show up at the begin before death is sort of like a test of I don't know morality or something. As to, I don't know. Like it just that order. Well, I guess it makes sense because death is kind of like the the secondary character in in, in the in the film. But it just seems like maybe there's something to that. And then, you know, it it was inevitable, probably that his time was, you know, coming anyway. And
0: yeah, uh, and he does, like his reasoning for refusing the devil and God, I like, I like why he refuses God is just like, you just want me to do this as an act of kindness. Like, it doesn't mean anything to you. But this is, this is everything to me. (laughs) Like, yeah, um,
1: well, I I actually kind of like that, because that's kind of like a little jab at like, some of the like the stories that are in the Bible <laughs> where there are like a lot of like tests of proving uh proving your faith, where uh that's sort of like celebrated, like the the fact that you can be so selfless asked to do that. But I think that Makaria shows that there is a human aspect to all of this and a natural aspect, like like starvation is a real thing. Like if you don't eat you're going to starve. And then if you still can't eat, you're, you're, you know, you're going to die from that eventually. So I think that like kind of sort of like, you know, it's kind of like jabbing at that idea of like religion or Christianity, I guess, in this case. Um, yeah. From, like that, like a, from a poverty point of view where you like, you can see the, the, the suffering and the pain and he's like, you kind of have to be selfish a little bit to survive.
0: Yeah. That, and that, that God would come to him like the moment he finally has like what he wants and god's like no no give me half of that
1: like yeah reason than to just be like just show me you will yeah pretty much
0: it it it, i actually don't know what the the film market or not market uh, i keep saying market but the (laughs) film industry is like down there where um i don't know what if there's any sort of governmental censorship if it does seem like one of those little um little things that slipped in that you would be like like oh they got that past the censors kind of thing yeah Um, it but it is just kind of like it's such a clear you're right it's such a clear
1: jab um but it but also the devil offers them actually offers them something offers them money but the reason macario turns them down is because he feels like he will get accused of stealing uh this stuff that he got from the devil because no one's going to believe yeah you know he ended up with this stuff so he he's seen it as a sort of like well society will think of me as a criminal and you know punish me so i cannot take it as much as i want to and need to uh, to to provide for my family but god is just like like you said like show me that you'll do it (laughs) But I'm not giving you anything in return, just the, the, you know, the satisfaction that you know you have faith for God.
0: So then I think I think then death did show up to take Macario, and I'm not sure. Like everything else, just must be that kind of like
1: you know fantasy of the dying man kind of thing. Yeah, Yeah. it 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 does take a little bit away from it. I do agree with that.
0: I feel like it, it just kind of like lets them lets them off the hook. Like they don't have to solve any of the narrative threads yeah. that they put in there <laughs> that's um, what it feels like it, it just feels a little bit unearned partially that's you know it it's a trope that we're much more familiar with now obviously at the time there's the incident at owl Creek bridge um but you know it's it's before any of these other movies that have done the same thing um mm-hmm. So part part of the time I'm thinking like, well, how would I feel about this if it was before this was a trope? Uh, but still, I I just think on its own, I I, I kind of it doesn't it, it doesn't really sit well with me after how much I like everything leading up to that moment. But it yeah. it is what it is. Although I do just think like, what's going to happen now to his family? Like right, like yeah. you now his his family doesn't have the uh, like, obviously the wife is washing clothes, but the it seems like the bulk of the money comes from Macario, and yeah, it, it's pretty hard work. And none of those kids are old enough to take any of it over. Uh, it gosh, it, it's,
1: it's kind of sad, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a great movie, though. Up until I think, up until that point, you're right, it doesn't really earn it. It just kind of and, and then the movie just like ends right like shortly after that, it, it's just kind of like, oh, that that was it. Um, and yeah but other than that I, I I really enjoyed this movie
0: I did too I did too and we actually have gone on quite a bit hey, Do you have yeah. anything you want to say about it
1: um no I think I think that's it on this one yeah check it out it was on uh, there's several different versions on YouTube but uh tried to find the best quality I had to go through like three or four before I found a good one
0: I, I found decent. a bunch of colorized versions as well which is oh weird. yeah I
1: saw that yeah
0: um but the one I Found was uh, I can't. I, I'll link to it, but it, it said yeah. like 1960, subtitled in English HD, um, and that one seemed to be a oh, good copy. Oh,
1: I wish I would have seen that one because the one I saw was not an HD; it was in standard definition. Well, this and, one, like I
0: say, HD, yeah. it's still pretty blurry. But it, oh,
1: okay, it, probably the same. It might be, but <laughs> I, I did look
0: at. I did look at some of the colorized yeah. versions, and they yeah. were they were rough so oh uh, after <laughs> i watched good. the movie i'm like oh yeah. what's this color version
1: i wonder what the candle scene looks colorized oh, how it looks. yeah maybe
0: i would maybe i'll go back skip, and skip yeah through.
1: skip through that and uh, and maybe the, the the marionettes
0: yeah oh man i i want like like this seems like such a no-brainer for criterion or kino or I wonder if there's like an overseas like a bfi or eureka yeah been.
1: i wonder yeah
0: i'm, like, I'm gonna look into that because this also, is something yeah. i would like to see like remastered and yeah. it, it might just be my ignorance but i feel like it's a movie it, it's a movie that really seemed like it should be talked about a lot more like there's a lot of movies um like from this period that that are are maybe similar enough that i'm I'm kind of wondering why this one has never come up in any of my like reading or any of my yeah. like, film exploration.
1: this uh, th- This movie also it kind of feels like uh, like a really long episode of the Twilight Zone. And it yeah, kind of, yeah, it, it kind of has that ending too. Because there's a, they, they do several episodes like that where it turns out the whole thing is a dream. So it does kind of have that feeling. And a lot of those do also feel like a cop out on in some of the episodes, not all of them. But I think maybe it's like a thing of the time because Twilight Zone started what in '59, and this is 1960. So maybe it's just like a popular trope back then that people enjoyed. I don't know. Oh, well, I don't know, even know if people enjoyed that
0: well i just um so i didn't mention the uh an occurrence at owl creek bridge which was adapted into a twilight zone episode but that was four years after this oh okay so it was it was a late period um, yeah one of the the last i think uh twilight zones um anyway yeah let's uh take a quick break we're gonna we're going to drastically shift gears here (laughs) during this break and we'll be back in just a moment to discuss 1977's alucarda
2: and this is what the devil does to beget his evil he obtains help from our virtues even if the gain be small his harvest is great but god in his infinite wisdom understands the wiles of the devil and so gives us the strength to face them with noble thoughts and prayer. In this way, Justine, Alucarda, I trust that you have been listening. Yes, sister. Then you can repeat what I've just read.
0: Well, Alucarda?
2: Stand up, child. And this is what the devil does he grants his virtues to expand his kingdom the only valid one god with his lack of knowledge does not understand this truth and opposes it with false thoughts and prayers god silence satan 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 our lord and master I acknowledge thee as my God, God and Prince. Prince. I promise to serve and obey thee as long as I shall live. I renounce the other gods and all the, all the saints. Saints. Don't saints. saints. Don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. Our Lord and Master. I, I acknowledge thee Go out of the room, God Sister Mary. I take the children out of the room. And obey go, me as go. As long as I shall mm. live. Saints. 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 I promise thee mm. that mm. I will mm. do as much evil as mm. I can. I
1: will draw everyone else to you. I won't fail to serve and adore thee. I give
2: thee my life and my soul. Satan and I. Go and get mother superior. Quickly! I want to with you, girl! Alucarda! Alucarda, freeze my child! Alucarda! Listen to me, Alucarda!
0: Okay, once again, reading from IMDb about Alucarda. A young girl's arrival at a convent after the death of her parents marks the beginning of a series of events that unleash an evil presence on the girl and her mysterious new friend, an enigmatic figure known as Alucarda. Demonic possession, Satan worship, and vampirism follow. Now, this is a movie I had kind of, I, I, I don't want to say I've been avoiding this movie, but it's a movie that I've been aware of, and just not entirely interested in like nothing about it made me think like oh i really want to check that out and part of it is that i am not like a a really big fan of this style of religious horror um i i think this would probably fall i i i don't think it is non-sploitation but i think it kind of gets grouped in with that a little bit um and that that stuff i i just don't really find interesting, it kind of bores me a little bit. Um I will say that this movie is well boring is not a word for it. It gets nuts. Once it gets going, it's like
1: (laughs) the amount of crazy part two. What's that? Is it part two? We're like randomly like 20 minutes in, it's like uh part this is part in part one. This is part two.
0: Yeah, yeah. Once we get into the the once we get into the second half of this movie, yeah. it is nuts. Um, but I do have to say, um, th- this kind of isn't really my thing. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not. I'm going to say I like this movie, and I, I will probably watch it again. Uh, I, I, but I, 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 this isn't kind of the stuff I, I gravitate towards more on my own. So it, I'm kind of glad you you chose it because this <laughs> is a movie. I've yeah. been looking at that cover for decades, and I never would have watched it. <laughs>
1: I don't. Maybe. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a, immediately attracted to that cover. This is like I, I don't know. I just like like I like anything with like witches and satanic cults and things like that. Like some movies like this are, especially from the '70s, are up my alley. Oh, okay. Because I will tell you, like I like, I I don't mind
0: religious horror in, in theory. Um, like, you know, I know there's a lot of people who are like, oh, I'm an atheist. I just can't like, I, I can't, i like I don't believe in God's. So why is this going to scare me? Um, mm-hmm. I can allow myself, you know, the, the, to, to say, okay, in the world of this angels exist, Satan exists, right? Yeah. Like I, it's the same way I can watch a zombie movie and I'm like, I'm not going like ah fucking zombies don't exist. Why would I <laughs> <list?"> um, Yeah. <laughs> which I mean, not to be too blasphemous if there, if I have strangely have any religious listeners. Um, but I'm able to like kind of like go with it in a movie. Uh, mm-hmm. but I I kind of also have a problem. It's the problem I had with the original Exorcist, it's a problem I had with like the Omen films, it where when the villain is the devil god exists like why it's not as scary to me like if the villain is the devil then god is there and like yeah i don't i don't know how to explain it I, anymore. I
1: i think i uh, yeah i get what you're saying and, and i think it is a problem in those movies because if, if God exists in the, if the devil exists, then God must exist as well. Why is God not doing anything about why, why, why is God not helping human beings fight the devil? Because the devil's literally harassing them. Um, and it's, it's very unclear as to why that element is always sort of removed from that. I guess maybe it's because it's, it's horror and it's supposed to be terrifying, but it, these people are on their own trying to find a uh, fight uh, demonic uh, forces and, and and things like that
0: yeah and i mean i think it works a little better for me in the exorcist in which case that isn't like yes the god god exists and is is like you have the blueprint for how to survive with your soul intact and it becomes about like the 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 priest kind of like um having to compromise having to sacrifice himself to save somebody else right like it's not like i have to keep myself it's like how do i save somebody else which i kind of get but this movie like i i will tell you there are so many times like when he comes back and it's part two and they're suddenly in that class and they start like just saying like hail satan hail satan or what is it they say that like it's not hail satan but they're just they're they're yelling out the names of demons and satan and uh, oh yeah they're like they're turning back the nun's words in the lesson so that yeah the opposite of everything she said about god and i like they're getting just like really excited and yelling it and all the other like i was like oh this movie is great (laughs) i I like this but then like there is a lot of that like kind of titillating we're going to strip these women nude and like not quite torture them like they poke needles in in, it you know in the during the exorcism Um, we're gonna get these ladies naked all the time here's a big orgy scene where that stuff goes on for so long and i even when I was at my most hormonal as a teenager that stuff never really like I I never enjoyed it I was never like oh this is really sexy or, or anything I was just like I was kind of bored. I was a little bit grossed out by it. Yeah. And, and so yeah. I, no, I feel you, I don't want to say anything too bad about this movie. Cause I think this movie gets, gets to a place where I'm like, this is a lot of fun. It's just, mm-hmm. it's got so many trappings. It has so many hurdles that it has to clear for me. Yeah. And not that it needs to, you know, mar- be marketed towards me. It's just like, <laughs> like, like I, I am not inclined to like this sort of thing. So it, the fact that I'm like, oh, this is pretty fun is actually kind of a, you know, a big yeah. deal. <laughs> or not a big deal. But, you know, it, for me, that's like a rave, I guess.
1: Yeah, th- I, there are some things about this movie that are, like, really, like, the way they're done. Like, the scene where Alucarda opens the tomb and, I don't know, she's becoming possessed in that moment. Oh, man. And that's that... what's happening. It's so scary, like, it... the sounds and the way it's cut together. Because
0: it, they they open the tomb and it it is um uh, it it is Alicarda's mother right that's the yeah
1: tomb. yeah and cuz that's what how the movie opens i believe right with yeah Alicarda birth. It. yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and I, I noticed i didn't catch it in the movie but i was reading the description that that character the mother's name is Lucy Westenra, which um like
1: Uh, isn't that similar to the name of Lucy in that is actually Lucy
0: Lucy's name in the novel? Oh, it is. Oh, which there is some vampirism. I actually, for a long time, thought this was a vampire movie just because the Alucarda, you know, Alucard is is well, Castlevania and so many other things, but it's yeah, Dracula backwards. (laughs) Uh That there's not there's one moment of vampirism late in the movie. And it's not even mm-hmm. clear that it's vampirism, it's just somebody biting somebody's neck and they could be they're they're possessed so they could be doing anything with that, yeah, um well, I shouldn't say that because there's a scene where they all have to trade blood before they are all oh, right, yeah, completely possessed so um I guess yeah, it is kind of a vampire movie, but very subtly so so mm-hmm. but it, that is interesting to me that the mother's name is the name from dracula and cuz she's saying like you have to get get her away from here to about alucarda um you have to get the my daughter away from you. Yeah. there
1: there is, is kind of like that lesbian vampire movie vibe to it because doesn't alucarda tell uh what, uh damn what is her name justine uh, justine yeah that 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 he uh, that she loves her and has never felt like that for anyone else and it's, it almost seems like she's trying to like seduce her <laughs> What's funny to me is that she says that to her two hours after they've met.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> and know. All they've done, all they've done is run through the woods in slow motion and look at yeah. some bugs. Um, but no, yeah, during that, because then then there's definitely lesbian vampire vibes to this because the way that they become possessed later on, or it's already started, but they 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 do that blood pact is they get naked, the hunchback. Mm-hmm the hunchback gypsy that they meet in the woods who is also isn't it? it's the same one that delivered alucarda right yes Um, he shows up just out of nowhere like that's really cool how he comes out of the darkness in the room Mm -hmm. Oh, oh my god yeah and they're naked and he cuts them above their breasts and they each trade blood and then alucarda is like leans over and is like licking the blood off of her breasts and then they kiss so there's like it is not subtle at all <laughs> it, yeah it, it's kind of like lesbian vampirism in this group. yeah um but in a way that i still find like not sexy like i don't know what about it
1: maybe it's know, the um, blood
0: maybe maybe i think i have just never really yeah i have never understood the the fetis- fetishization of nuns like <laughs> it, it,
1: yeah it is weird
0: i don't get it i mean i i get it yeah i get why people like it psychologically i get what the whole thing is i just don't i don't feel it at all so it Mm. um but we i'm sorry we were talking about the scene where they open the the crypt and it's the the mom and it's just a um it's just a you know a, a dried skeleton basically a corpse yeah and they scream, and the camera is doing all this weird stuff, and it goes on for so long, and it's starting to get like, like really manic. That it was like, yeah, I was like, what the fuck is going on in this? It's like, it really was disturbing. Yeah. Um, and then when it cuts to part two, and everything from there on out is just like all hell on earth, right? Like, it, this yeah, movie, <laughs> this movie is short. It's an hour and seventeen minutes long, mm. and from like the half hour mark on almost it is nonstop like demons are like melting people and like uh, it, it the the effects are 1977 low budget it's not yeah. like gr- it's not going to be really gross and impressive but it's really brutal for yeah. for this type of movie and kind of a heightened like a heightened um What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, just a heightened atmosphere, which yeah. which a lot of these movies don't get to. Like a lot of these movies don't clear that boredom hurdle for me. This mm-hmm. one cleared it several times, and I was like, I was kind of <laughs> like laughing giddily at just how yeah. how like like uh, how um, how much like vigor they were putting into all of the hail Satan sort sort of stuff. Like the yeah, I know it it yeah. it's, it's just like. It is very kind of fun and funny to me sometimes, but
1: I, I really like the like the forest scene is great where they're like dancing naked and then the the goat uh, the uh, the goat head, uh, like the Baphomet shows up. And I th- always think that looks cool in movies like that, and then uh, the devil rides out, the the hammer horror. oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> every time I see like just like a goat man, it just looks so cool.
0: sorry yeah yeah no i agree <laughs> I, I i was trying to think if there was something else. i wanted to say that um oh, no I, I lost what i was trying the, to say. The,
1: oh i wanted to talk about the like the nuns i guess that's what they're they, they, they're like dressed like mummies because they're like bandaged up because they they, they they flail themselves right and they're like it's supposed to be white clothing but it's like stained brown with like cold blood or fresh blood.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause they, they do, like you said, they're
1: yeah. Um, very interesting look.
0: Yeah. yeah. That, that, it's so
1: it's... bizarre. It's like not religious at all. It actually looks scarier than like, like the devil stuff that we see like that with the scene outside, like they're just dancing naked. Um, and when we go to that, like, I don't know what it is. It looks like a cave, but it's like a church with like, all these like crosses there's the big like cross and then there's like a a bunch and it just looks really it looks like they're inside like the paris catacombs it just looks really dank and not like a good place (laughs) like it looks like a secret cult meeting
0: (laughs) like it it kind of looks like there's a bunch of crucifixes and like like jesus statues yeah carved into the rocks of the cave it's it is kind of like a really um like visually interesting place uh i i do kind of like this movie's like approach that the 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 systems have failed these two uh although it's a bit muddied by the fact that i don't know what they're angry about in the beginning because they do that little blood pact Mm -hmm. uh in the beginning where where it's like these people have taken everything from us but what i don't know what they took from them like yeah I don't know what the, the church i don't yet know why they're upset at the church before they get possessed but um i i do like that all of the systems then fail them once they are because the the church can't handle it like they they have no idea what to do and then the doctor comes in and he's like oh you guys are like this is the most backwards primitive thing i've ever seen i'm gonna yeah. take these- Oh, they they kill Justine first. They they kill Justine yeah. in the exorcism. And yeah. he's like, I'm going to take Alucarda because you guys are doing some crazy Dark Ages bullshit. Yeah. And, I, and then he can't, he is unprepared for what he sees and can't handle it either.
1: Yeah, um, I, I really like that character at first because he comes in there and he's really indignant overall because it's like really uncomfortable. They're like naked on these crucifixes and they're being tortured or, and <laughs> and this guy comes in kind of knocks sense into everyone and everyone's kind of like oh okay like they just seem like children that just got in trouble but then later on when he you know he sees what he sees i forget what he sees exactly but he's like well i guess then yeah i guess i i like i don't understand what i'm seeing but i i guess i i believe it and he's just yeah. he, he's so quick to I mean, I don't know what I would do in that situation, but he seemed like he his whole world turned around so quickly. His ideas also, or his world, he just kind of went with that as well.
0: It's because um, the doctor sees uh, that one sister is burned alive and then she gets back up. And uh, mm-hmm. the the priest has to decapitate her. Um, yeah. I, and then, you know, and then Justine coming back to life. Uh, the, um what's the uh hold on oh the so the scene when alucarda tries to seduce the priest during confession Mm -hmm. and it cuts from that directly to him and all of the nuns like with their shirts off and they're just like flailing and like whipping themselves yeah and they're holding these like very like calm conversations while they're doing
1: it i know
0: (laughs) (laughs) This this movie is wild. I I I can't believe I've never seen it before. Um, I can't believe I haven't heard people talk about how crazy this movie is uh, because it is nuts.
1: You kind of, yeah, I, I like this movie a lot. You kind of get what you expect from like a 70s like mexploitation movie. Um, yeah, it has like everything that you would expect from this type of film from that era. Um, and it even like, it even has like other like kind of like uh well Claudio Brook, who's like a, a genre guy. Um, he's in this as Dr. Ozek. Oh, okay. And he's in uh license to kill. Um and then he worked in, with uh Bunuel in Exterminating Angel and Simon, He plays Simon in Simon of the Desert. Um
0: Oh wow, okay. Yeah.
1: He's uh M- Monte Monte in uh License to Kill. Another person that's in this, uh, have you seen Pickpocket? I don't think so. Oh, you have? Oh, okay. Well, uh, the lead in that, Martin, Martin LaSalle, is in this as well as Brother Felipe. It's like uh, when I, I think it's like uh, uh, what uh, Paul Schrader is like one of his favorite movies or something.
0: Well, that's going on my list then.
1: Yeah. Like, it, I, it, like you, there's like, like uh, strands of like Taxi Driver in there and stuff, kind of like you can i don't know it's hard to describe i don't know it's not even the same mood but there's something about it that feels kind of the same kind of like the loneliness of, yeah maybe that's it maybe it is the loneliness of those characters
0: okay um so uh this movie um it strangely like for a genre that i'm not really a big fan of um I, I did watch a few of these over the last year. Like I I watched um, or I rewatched and did an episode on the devils, the Ken Russell film, uh, which has some similarities. Um, yeah. It, it, it's weird that, I don't know. It, it's weird that I can't decide which one gets more over the top. I think Ken Russell's does, but <laughs> this movie, it, it, it like it, it doesn't seem to draw the line at
1: anything in this one. There's a lot of stuff that happens. I was like, wow i'm surprised they did this oh um, like the the cross on fire the like the jesus on the cross on fire
0: that and and more the more very explicit lesbian undertones oh yeah it, um, yeah the the seduction of the priest yes but then i had to remember like oh 1977 like there was some crazy <laughs> stuff happening yeah. in the
1: movies at the time the um, ending to this movie is pretty crazy too <laughs> Like, doesn't, doesn't Alucarda, like, set everyone on fire?
0: Yeah, pretty much. The <laughs> ending of this movie is basically Carrie. Yeah. Where, oh where she just she's just walking around and looking at people, and they're yeah. bursting into flames.
1: <laughs> Wait, was this before or after Carrie?
0: Um, it was after Carrie the book, which was 76. I think it was before the movie. Um we, oh no the movie was 1976 oh, so okay.
1: maybe it did borrow from carrie it, i i have it, to yeah i, I feel I like think, go ahead no i was gonna say i feel like it probably does just she's doing like the same thing as sissy spacek does in that movie in, in carrie yeah
0: like the same faces <laughs> yeah. to, like quick looks over and somebody bursts into flames yeah. uh be like
1: Um, i really like that effect in movies like you know people in like that gelatin you know that's like nuts like i would never do that but it's like damn these guys are risking their lives to do this stuff in this movie i i I think it looks awesome in movies
0: no it looks cool i'm sorry i i was like but yeah no it that looks really cool this movie is basically just missing a couple of like split diopter effects and like split screens yeah <laughs> and it's a diploma film for the last like yeah 10 minutes or so Yeah, um, but it it's pretty cool there's uh, there was something that had there's something i i can't remember who it was it was right before it jumped to part two mm-hmm. where i think it was even during the uh the blood ritual where one of the sisters was going and like the one the one that really wants to protect Justine or Alicarda and is like god please protect god please pray and like she's kind of praying and then she's covered in blood oh yeah i couldn't figure out what that was what was going on there
1: yeah was it raining blood in the scene before that right cuz i thought maybe you had something to do with that but then that scene with the nun in that room it, or or when she's praying in the room is in the daytime i think and There seemed to be no source of what, because at first it looks like it's coming off of like from her eye. Yeah, but then it's like all over, all over her. I was like, well, where is it coming? Is she sweating blood? But that, oh yeah, that scene was really crazy too, because it it, it intercuts between her and then Alucarda and Justine. And is that yeah? That's at the crypt, right? Is that what it's cutting? Uh, no, I them. thought
0: she was in her. I thought it was when they were back in the. Um, they were back in the uh, in their rooms. I can't, oh, yeah. Okay, I, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, I, right. I, I mean, like I, I've only seen this once, and I'm sorry if I'm getting stuff wrong. Um, <laughs> no
1: worries. But yeah, yeah uh, I, I, I just saw it again, and I don't really remember. But yeah, I, well, I, I do feel like there are some things about this movie that are kind of. A little confusing and i don't know if that's just because the the version of the version i watched because it, uh, it had no subtitles yeah um so like it was just kind of like why and it, it, the movie's in english but like the audio wasn't the best quality
0: no there's some stuff that i missed um, yeah
1: like there, there was also a part in the version that did you watch the vimeo version yes there's a part where uh the uh what is the who's the the hunchback is like chanting something but there's no audio but there are there is sound in that scene like the lightning and thunder like the sorry the the thunder and the rain but like he's mouthing something but nothing's coming like you you can't hear it i don't know if it's supposed to be intentional or not but it just seems like there's audio missing yeah like the movie itself is good but I, I would say that i don't understand fully like wha- where the it, 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 even if, i don't even know if the director has a point of view um like where it stands because it sort of seems like it's portraying uh <laughs> the, you know the devil as sort of the protagonist in this movie but then it doesn't seem like it is but then it seems like the the the, the, the catholics and you know christians are the antagonists It's kind of like a conflicting message where you're not really sure who or maybe the director's just saying that everyone's, you know, everyone sucks.
0: I think, I think actually that is what's going on because the in in the beginning the sisters seem very nice. Like the sisters actually don't really conform to that, like um the harsh scolding nun that you you, you, like stereotype. Mm -hmm. But it, it it isn't until that they're they're starting to like act out that they kind of uh they they start to punish and their their reactions are very medieval. Yeah, and we're not we're obviously supposed to find that pretty horrifying. The scene of the exorcism where they they're taking that like 6-inch blade and just poking it slowly into her, it is pretty horrifying. Um but then, you know, the 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 doctor who immediately for a moment seems like he's Re, you know, the voice of reason that he's going to settle everything down is pretty quickly proven to not really know what what to do in this situation. like yeah. just it's it just like it just seems like it, the whole point is nobody knows what to do like this yeah. is mm-hmm. what is happening to these girls is profound on a level that like we're just never going to understand, I guess uh, that we have no systems for being able to deal with. Um, it it does like. I don't know it it is kind of like a a a a cynical view of all the systems in the movie i suppose
1: yeah yeah it it, it makes sense too and like the movie i I think there was i'm not like uh, like too familiar on mexican history but like it's it's set in 1850 and i know like at the time there was like a lot of uh uh inner turmoil within the country and um a lot of infighting and, and and civil war and stuff like that so and a lot of that is tied to uh the power of the churches of the time and 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 how much land they owned in mexico and all the poverty around all these uh all these uh big uh catholic churches um so maybe the, maybe there's something tied to that uh as far as it goes historically maybe i know i know that there was some there was a like much uh uh like like around the world at the time or maybe 10 years before there was a lot of protest movements and I, in, in, in mexico there was uh protests like that as well there was turmoil there and their big famous or infamous one you know was ended in a in a bloodbath pretty much but i think maybe i i, I don't know enough to 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 maybe i'm maybe i'm missing the uh maybe there is something in this movie, a message that I'm missing that I'm just not familiar because I'm not familiar with you know, the history of the country, maybe that's why. Which I think is kind of like, uh, not tricky, but it, it becomes when you're watching movies from other countries, you may miss like this, maybe the current or the general, like uh, geopolitical um, aspects of that country. And I, if you're unaware, it could just like go over your head. And maybe that's the case with Alucarda.
0: Yeah that that can be like I know there's a there there is like that phenomenon of when well for me anyway like when I was first getting into Japanese horror films a lot of them would terrify me because I I I simply didn't know what the tropes were yet like mm-hmm. I I didn't I didn't know what things signified I didn't know what like the the belief systems that they were drawing from i only knew like they're so different in many ways than the western you know judeo-christian uh belief systems that kind of inform a lot of our horror and that would that would terrify me to the point where i i mean i can't get back to that now because i i kind of am a little bit more familiar with um with what they're drawing on but it there is something about it like that can work in its favor if you don't know where it's coming from but in, in some of these like I I do feel like this whole movie kind of feels like it could be a a political statement on something and I don't know what it is.
1: Yeah, Um, it does certainly feel like that that throughout the entire movie. It does feel like maybe there is something. But just if if I'm going just based on what I saw, I think that it doesn't do a great job. Because I think even if you're unaware, you should maybe, the movie should maybe you know it, like incorporate that more into the story even if it's it's to it, it kind of gives you like a hint that oh maybe this does relate to something because it does feel like there's something modern about it since this story takes place in 1950 um but it, yeah i don't know that's all i got Wait. yeah <laughs> oh, no that's fine that's,
0: that was great. That was great. um do you have a? Uh kind of um over we're kind of running up on on our time here yeah. do you have anything more that you want to say anything uh, more about Carta?
1: i don't know i don't think so this movie is kind of hard to find we watched the someone uploaded it to vimeo uh there's like a dvd on amazon that's like 27 dollars but and i kind of want to buy it i just i, I wish there was like a blu-ray or something like a like a 4k or something of this movie i'm actually surprised that this movie doesn't maybe maybe in Mexico or overseas maybe there is a version
0: I'm, but, I'm yeah. starting to see now that there is this like there is this phenomenon happening with the way DVDs and Blu-rays are being released right now is that there are so many boutique labels out there now that are all rushing for their niche but they're all kind of Trying to get the most obscure stuff, like they're like massacre video or culture shock, where they're getting all this shot-on-video stuff from the '80s, and like, yeah. I mean, I don't want to badmouth the movies, but a lot of it is just dreck that you've never heard of, that like maybe five people ever saw, and yet people are losing their minds excited to see that it's getting like a 2K restoration or something like that. Yeah,
1: like. And here we are watching movies on YouTube because there's yeah. no of decent release of Macario.
0: <laughs> well, but that's the thing is that I think, I think that there is a, a, there is, a burgeoning market for stuff at the bottom, and there is an existing market, of course, for stuff at the top. We're we're talking like, um, say Criterion or Eureka, uh, and I think Arrow is probably in between. Like they're they're a little bit new yeah. towards a little bit towards criterion just because they get some like serious stuff with like serious critical uh acclaim behind it as well Mm -hmm. and then you you've got like i said massacre culture shock uh cauldron um all these uh these places that are just getting these these things nobody's ever heard of that the stuff in the middle the stuff that like had a cult following for a while and people know it and you know it probably had a dvd release and was uh you know a decent seller it's just not being released at the moment it's not what people are rushing to put out um i hope it changes like i i i need to do more research so this may be completely wrong but there are there are labels that specialize in like in uh films from a certain country like there are a lot of companies that specialize in asian cinema yeah um i'm surprised there isn't like or maybe there is one or more that like kind of specialize
1: in uh like mexican cinema
0: and i know there's labels for like french and yeah
1: i've been trying to yeah i've been like trying to do research on that i haven't really come up with something conclusive but some of there are some of the mexican movies that i did watch I had to like stream off of something or like usually it was like on a free app like Tubi or it was on YouTube or in in the case of Alucarda on uh, Vimeo. But some of them do have like Blu-ray, Blu-ray releases. Um, but yeah, it's not from like, it's from different uh, releasing companies. It's not like it's one that specializes in just Spanish language or Mexican or Mexican horror, which is weird because like, I feel like there is like, A market for Spanish horror. Um, in a lot of these, like Arrow or uh uh what's the other one? a Severin. Like you do see movies like that in in, from those labels, but not from any other, especially Mexico. I feel like Mexico has a pretty big film industry, probably maybe even bigger than Spain's.
0: Yeah, I I kind of feel like it it, in DVD it was a bigger market. Like Blu-ray is is kind of like the death of physical media is kind of shifted everything around but i know on dvd a lot of these things did exist that and they just haven't made the jump to blu-ray um yet hopefully or or even like a decent streaming service like man like it, it just like I'll, it boggles the mind actually that both of these movies are not available right now that
1: yeah it's crazy yeah. macario
0: <laughs> hasn't had a prestige release and nobody like blue underground like, why hasn't Blue Underground yeah. put out a la carta? Yeah. It, it, it's, it, yeah, there's so many labels that you think, uh, that uh, maybe there's just some weird rights issues that are too, too much for these people to, these labels yeah. to work out. Maybe, yeah. But it, it, I don't understand it.
1: Yeah, and also uh, the, I think maybe even both movies were produced at Mexico's biggest uh, film studio, Churubusco. Definitely, definitely one of them. I I think it might have been Macario. Um, Actually, maybe not Alucarda, but um, that's, yeah, that's like the biggest uh, studio in Mexico City. And uh, you you would think that a movie that, you know, was produced in in one, a major city, uh, and, you know, one of the most populated Latin American countries uh, and the largest that they would have more, more eyes on their movies than just like recently i feel like there was like that e wave that came in in the late 90s early 2000s and then it's just kind of like that's really it like even though they, they've had they, there's so many movies i remember growing up in la here in la and there's a local channel channel 22 which is a spanish language channel and a lot of the movies that they showed were mexican black and white movies that's where i saw a lot of those like cool wrestling movies and And uh, uh, I think that's why I probably like like witches and satanic cult movies, because they had a lot of those um, running when I was a kid and I would watch them. And growing up uh, in a in a Christian household, it did kind of scare me a little bit. (laughs) And um, I think that's why I don't know that like I'm attracted to that because I don't know, the imagery is just to me, it's kind of scary a little bit, or at least it was when I was a kid. Th- yeah. That's like my exposure to that. I guess if you like, if you don't live in LA, where it's like a, a heavily like Mexican populated region, maybe you're not experiencing these kind of movies. I don't even know if they still show those movies.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I haven't had like TV in so long. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it, I mean, I don't mean to say that like I'm like, oh, I don't have TV. I <laughs> I would watch the shit out of yeah TV. It's just like. I don't have live nobody needs it anymore but uh yeah I know um I know uh for a while like does does Robert or you guys still have his his network
1: El Ray um was, I I don't know that's a good question I think maybe he maybe so but I haven't heard anything on that channel
0: I I used to watch that a bit when I briefly had cable and i put it on in the break room at universal because oh. and it i mean it was a lot of like kaiju stuff and ninja movies and it was i i don't and but i know he he also made a point of like he had he had mexican wrestling on this network yeah. he had from dusk till dawn which mm-hmm. i mean i kind of liked his the tv show um i i i thought like i didn't watch enough of it to know but i kind of felt like i think he had said that that was kind of what he was wanting to do more of that too yeah um
1: i have some sad news unfortunately the channel is done as of december 31st 2020 oh yeah
0: man it i i like i just didn't have cable but if i had had like that is that would have been completely my shit if i was like 16 years old (laughs) like yeah i I would watch it all the time now if i had cable
1: i didn't have cable at the time i think i got cable maybe around 2020 (laughs) So mm-hmm. I completely no 2019 I think so I completely like missed the mark on this channel because I was uh, aware of it I was doing an internship at um IndieWire, and it was still like it, it was still like a thing that wasn't released yet or the the channel hadn't launched yet I mean and I had like written uh, a, uh like a short article on 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 it and it sounded really cool um, and it, it just, yeah, I really wish I would have seen this, but apparently it's coming, it may be coming back as a streaming service or part of a synodime. I don't know what that is. Rel- the network relaunch as a streaming pl- platform. Yeah. Huh. I guess it's just incorporated into another like app. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah I, I, I mean, it, it seemed like it was probably not long for this world like yeah <laughs> it
1: just just because
0: tv is dying anyway even if you're not mm-hmm. like a, t- a tiny like self-funded uh network but um i appreciated the effort i yeah. i i, I kind of miss the wild west of just like random cable channels that you would find and um,
1: yeah i know
0: i i, I one of the greatest regrets right now of my life is that neither of my daughters are going to experience randomly coming across a Fantastic Planet while flipping channels at three in the morning. Like
1: whoa. <laughs> have you seen that movie, that French yeah. animated movie? Yeah like, that I that movie's crazy yeah like that's
0: how i I saw it first i was flipping channels and it was on like late night on our our fox affiliate up in alaska and like so many crazy movies that i would i i would see um just flipping channels late at night that they're never going to have that like everything is like pretty much like like the randomness is kind of out of it now you you pretty much know what you're watching yeah Um,
1: yeah, I know, I really miss that. I I, I like that a lot, just discovering stuff like that. I would say like uh, TCM, like late at night, would, would show more like less classic movies, like the traditional classic movies from the golden era. Um, and especially when they started doing the TCM Underground, I would stay up and just kind of see what was on the programming. Then I usually was like a double feature, sometimes shorts in, uh, uh, in between or after the movies um and and that's kind of how i got into movies just staying up i remember the one of the first movies i stayed up late on tcm to watch this is before tcm underground was the testament of dr mabusa and it was like i had never seen anything like it i saw the opening of that movie and i was like what is this i this is such an interesting looking movie and it was like science fiction and somewhat horror and it was just weird and i had never seen anything like it
0: yeah, that, that's. Uh, I, I think that's a movie I've seen part of. Yeah. Because aren't there a couple of them? Or not a couple, but there's like two different... There's Testament of Dr. Mubusa. Yeah, and...
1: there. Uh, there's like the first one I think is like uh, Dr. Mubusa the Gambler. Then it's Testament. And then there's another one. I forget what the other one is. I saw one of them yeah. and yeah.
0: really, really liked it. But I need yeah. to go back and watch the rest of them and i actually while while we were talking i just like looked up i just googled how to start a blu-ray label <laughs> i was like is, is it easy no no are i mean you like the startup cost is like fifty thousand dollars or so i oh, think Oh man i mean well we gotta you'd have yeah. to f- figure in not only just licensing the movies but also paying for packaging and the actual releasing like physical right. discs like yeah. um the pressing and all that but i i Like you, I listened to the Severin podcast and they talk about, like, they go down to the, um, the factory where, and sometimes like on Black Friday when it's getting really busy, they'll actually go out, like their team will go to Arizona and pack boxes and, uh, put the, you know, help out at the factory, um, where it just seems like like, I'm 43 people my age are doing this stuff like this like <laughs> like people my <laughs> age are running labels and like yeah. are, are, are starting their own labels that there's got to be a market for these these things that have fallen in the crack through the cracks
1: yeah I know because there's a lot of great stuff that no one talks about like really le- like, like legitimately like really good movies that because they they have no half to their name, it's kind of hard to convince other people to watch it because everyone has an obscure movie that they want someone else to watch. Um, but then you, you know, you you're digging a lot of stuff. It's like there's a lot of stuff, like you said, in the middle, which is kind of like, yeah, it's it's all right. But there's a lot of stuff also that like that's just obscure does not get seen. And but it's just like floating around, just like waiting to be discovered and be like a big deal. Maybe some of these movies will turn around um, you know in a few decades or something, or maybe like the shift goes away from western movie to a more international um, I feel like, like like other countries are more open to films from other countries uh, uh, more so than here so it's very closed off i, I I'm just hoping that maybe it, it, like just the like if you think about like like uh, Squid Game or like Parasite, the fact that those like those movies uh, the show have had like success here uh, and on the international stage, it kind of shows that maybe that's the direction we're going with entertainment, especially with streaming. Like we can have any show from anywhere, and it could be a hit. Like I've heard people talk about. I think it's a German show on Netflix called Dark. That's sort yeah. of like a word of mouth show that that that's kind of like spread. Uh, I, I don't know how many seasons are but um just things like that like people are more open i think like to watch things from other countries so ho- hopefully we get to see more of this uh more spanish language horror like this Mo- just movies like this in general
0: yeah i i think streaming has really uh broken down a lot of barriers in that because k dramas are yeah are, are like a every streaming service now has a korean drama subsection yeah. like and it, part of me wants to be like oh yeah streaming's great it's going to open oh sorry um streaming's great it's going to open these doors but then also i want to think like i i i think about like how big japanese cinema was in the early 2000s yeah. here like yeah. how many movies were being imported and remade and getting That's pretty good releases yeah. and it, it just seems like every few years there's like a new a new
1: um a new uh, a country or a new um, yeah I guess it goes by region right like the like yeah. I guess South Korea is like the it place right now and I guess it was Mexico for a few years in the like the mid mid two thousands uh, with like uh, uh, early to mid two thousands I guess with Amores Perros and and I mamá también Pan's Labyrinth like that that whole era
0: yeah. Uh, so i mean hopefully I, I think i think everything is being a bit democratized um, I, I i we're sitting here bemoaning the stuff that's not available but also more stuff is available to more people now than ever before than
1: ever yeah, we're- yeah
0: so <laughs> it's but it's just like <laughs>
1: yeah. the
0: idea that st- uh, i think i think film fans were always going to just be like bemoaning the stuff that's getting left behind yes because <laughs> like it sucks that just like half of the movie every movie or not every movie, half of all movies ever made are gone we yeah. you're never
1: gonna see them um, I, I think it's also maybe like the fear of of potentially like losing this stuff too because like you're saying a lot of it has been lost and and it's it doesn't seem that old, but if you think about VHS, there's a lot of like VHS like straight to 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 video movies that never got uh, a theatrical release or uh, anything beyond that, you know, uh, VHS release. Like I saw this movie at the Mystic Museum called Damn it, I can't remember what it was, but it had no DVD release. It was only available. Oh, I think it was called Blood Beach. Oh, okay. Yeah and it was only available on VHS and that, and they had a screening like in in, in in at the Met Museum and that was really cool but also like that movie has no DVD or Blu-ray or anything like that that's a movie that could potentially be lost also because the technology <laughs> is getting older and less available i mean it's kind of like making a comeback now but i mean as time goes by like if like uh, just using that movie as an example if it doesn't get preserved like that movie could go away. So I, I do like the the idea of everything sort of being available because I like also the, like the discovery, like the the sort of the chase, like you're watching a movie hoping it's going to be your, like your next favorite movie. So when you do find something that's really good and that you connect with, I think it's a really exciting, it's like, why haven't more people talked about this? Everyone talks about, you know, this movie that's kind of similar, but no one's talking about this, uh, Macario, for example.
0: Yeah um so uh we've been going on for a little while um sorry i'm just trying to bring it around oh yeah uh, yeah uh do you um i mean we're not going to take a break i'll just we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up here in a minute but before we go uh do you have any movies that you discovered in this last month um we're not going to do a top five but do you have any that you uh would also recommend any any discoveries you you think i should go check out next for our listeners
1: <laughs> Okay, yeah. So there's uh just going on the Mexican horror uh wave, there's one that I mentioned to you over text that is called uh Even the Wind is Afraid.
0: Yeah, that I was I was intrigued by that one.
1: Yeah, hold on, let me look up the year. Uh it's from from 1968. It kind of it, it feels like a little bit like um the haunting and like blood and black lace. It's a really cool like atmospheric. It's kind of a slow burn, but I love the look, like the production design. It's very colorful. Kind of it feels like a giallo. And it it, it takes place. I it's like at a school and it's like a girls' school, but I just like everything about it is amazing. Um, I saw this one on Tubi. Yeah, um, I see. I yeah, but it's really, I really love it. It's its a really good movie. And then the other one uh, that I like is this movie called The Body Snatcher. Uh, I know there's several uh, movies called The Body Snatcher, but this one is from 1957. The Spanish title is Ladrón de Cadáveres, and that's how I'm looking it up on, okay, there we go, Body Snatcher. Um, okay, <laughs> It's a really cool science fiction horror movie, uh, obviously about a body snatcher, but it also has wrestling um, and one uh, basically the body snatcher is looking for big, strong bodies. So uh, the mad scientist is killing off these wrestlers uh, to experiment on their bodies. So it kind of has these like kind of Frankenstein aspect to it as well, plus cool luchador stuff in it. It's a really cool short movie. It was a lot of fun. And I enjoyed it a lot. Also, another Mexican film. I think this one I have to watch on YouTube. Um,
0: yeah. Okay. Okay. That, the um. I was just sorry. I was just looking up the, even the windows of Afraid, just seeing if it looks like it. That one looks like it had a pretty good Blu-ray release. Uh, it's still yes, available. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On Amazon, but I'll probably yeah. watch it on on Tubi. And I was I was writing down the titles. So the other one is that um, you said the Body Snatcher. It looks like it's also the corpse thief maybe yeah Uh,
1: yeah it's the one from
0: 1957.
1: okay yep that's it yeah Um, okay cool yeah that that one was really good i i like uh those are the ones i really liked um there was another one i saw called the house that scream that one is in english uh it's oh wait you know what that might have been a spanish movie actually i don't remember so yeah, Nick's that one. So yeah, but th- those those two that I mentioned are great. I really like those.
0: Um, man, there's something. There's one that I just watched. Uh... No, I'm not going to mention that. Oh, never mind. Okay, yeah. Um, like I said, I, I could have like listed a couple, uh, but you, you, I think, have more uh, experience with it than, than me. There is one that came up. Like, I thought a bit about. In our discussion of Alucarda, um it's a pretty recent one or i think it's about 10 years old now called uh here comes the devil oh wait i think i've heard of that but i don't think i've wait, it, it's these time? it's these two kids go off to play like their, their parents stay at the car and they go off to play and they're playing on this like hill and it, it kind of doesn't ever show what happens but when they come back they yeah. they're different <laughs> like oh uh they're they're well possessed but it 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 kind of had a similar feeling to how the possession begins or for me anyway in this Mm -hmm. movie where it's a little like it's a bit mysterious it's just like you somebody came across something this power that kind of got into them um obviously in this one it has the blood ritual but the 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 way it begins where they're in the crypt and it's just like the screaming and the, yeah <laughs> where, where it's like kind of like what's yeah. going on here what, what, <laughs> but um that that's a um if i if i'm gonna make a, a recommendation it mm. it's not really like this it's a little bit more subdued yeah. but um it, it does get a kind of crazy and i found it really creepy um i thought it was really cool
1: yeah, the, the there was one we talked about doing uh, before for a different episode idea. I think it was for October. The similars, which I would say, yeah. oh, I'm pretty sure it's from Mexico as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, that, that guy that yeah. um we I we talked about this and I I just can't remember his name now. I've seen a couple of movies by him and I really uh, um oh Isaac Esbon yeah uh, I I like him a lot um. I'm not sure e- any of the movies I've seen from him have gotten to greatness, but they've all been really fun, and they show kind of like a really interesting, uh, you know, a, a really kind of interesting voice that I would like yeah. to see more of. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But anyway, is that that? I think that's going to do it. Unless you have anything else you want to say, uh, but, but I should obviously, uh, you've got dial left for
1: film when when that comes back soon. Um, I know we're both yeah. kind of coming back from breaks <laughs> yeah uh that should be back like i don't when is this episode releasing do you know uh, two weeks two weeks two weeks Oh, okay so the the first episode in the a through z series should be out by then then i'm, I'm hoping to release a next uh at the beginning of next week um and that'll be the first episode back because uh the last episode was the one that we did it was the the haunting and um the poltergeist yeah. Um, and that was the only episode for October. But uh, The A through Z should be fun. I'm doing single movies. Uh, we're going through the alphabet. Each, each letter is a movie. The first one will be Apocalypse Now with Sandy and Johnny. And I'll be on there in
0: a couple of weeks. And I I was, yeah. talking to you, I don't know if you want to, I was talking to Rick. I hear he's going to be on there for a couple.
1: Yes, he will. Yeah. Uh, finally, Rick uh, is coming on to the show. And he picked, the, did he tell you what he picked? he told
0: me what his first pick was and he asked me he asked me what i thought it was going to be and Mm -hmm. i'll just tell you right now i thought it was going to be yankee doodle dandy (laughs) Uh, you know
1: i sent him the i thought of because i've been wanting to have him on the show i'm like oh i should send him the list and part of the reason why was because there was a lot of old movies on there that no one was selecting like black and white movies or like just stuff from you know golden age uh, and no one was choosing, it, and I thought he would, and his that wasn't his first choice. <laughs> well, or, or his second, or his third. I don't <laughs> think.
0: <laughs> I am not gonna I'm not gonna say it. Yeah. But when he told me what his first choice was, I at first I was like, oh, okay. But then I was like, oh, yeah. I think that's gonna be. I think he'll be like the the perfect guest for that episode.
1: Oh really? Oh, okay. Yeah, it was. It caught me out of like nowhere. Like, oh really? That's the, that's your first pick. Tell people where to find you. Um, oh yeah. Um, we're on in uh, Instagram and Twitter mostly. Don't really use the Facebook page as much, but we're on there as uh, at F Podcast.
0: Yeah, uh, give them a follow. Uh, give the podcast a listen. Um, they, I'm really glad to see it coming back. Uh,
1: um. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to see you. You're coming back too, and I saw my episode on the feed. I was like, wow, it's been so long since I've seen like your uh, your show come up on on on, on my phone. I know, nice I know.
0: It. I I want to be consistent about Me putting the show out. Yeah. So it it like I hate that I was taking so many breaks, but also I'm really glad I I took the month off.
1: Uh, yeah, I think we needed it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's gonna do it from us here. You can follow us um, if you aren't already on Twitter and Instagram, both are at Two Headed Pod. There is a Facebook page that I'm going to try and do a little bit more to. Um, Instagram is nowadays, like I kind of cycle which social media I'm using and Instagram is the one I don't use anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, that'll be it. Like I said, this, this episode is gonna be coming out the 21st. Yeah. That'll be it for us. <laughs> we'll see you guys in a couple of <laughs> weeks.